evening, everyone. I'm bored. So that's why I'm having a radio show an hour and a half past the time I would normally have one and while my chat room is practically empty. But that's okay because the ones of you that are here, that's awesome. You can be bored with me. I am bored out of my fucking mind. I have opened up all of my works in progress. I read through a large portion of Sentinels of Atlantis. Um, I read Ties That Bind. Speaking of which, that is um, over 400,000 words as of my last posted post, which was last night when I posted the completed North Star. Um, Just craziness. Craziness. Why is my chat room getting more empty? God, it's like you ran away from me or something. Now I feel bad. Okay, there's that guest. It's back again. Okay. Um anyways, I'm just bored and I wanted to um I'm bored. I I, I have nothing else. I just I'm I'm bored out of my fucking mind. Um last weekend the last um Weekend, I permitted my mother to take me from my home to go shopping during the Christmas season. We were um, only supposed to go to the craft store. Supposed to go to the craft store. That's not actually what happened. We ended up at a Walmart, and then we went to a Target, and then for fuck's sake, I don't know why, because we didn't buy anything, but we went to a Toys R Us. What kind of fucking sense does that make? Anyway, um, it it was just a thing. It was just a thing. Anyway, so this is what happens, and uh, this was my mom's Tawanda moment of the year, and she's had several, I would say, over the last year. But this is the one that I I want to tell you what happened. Okay. So we're going down a somewhat major road for our city. It's very um, busy on Saturdays. Uh, there's lots of shopping centers on this this road. Uh, lots of restaurants. It's a little bit after the lunch hour, so people are you know moving around, it's, and it's pretty hectic. Not as hectic as um, say like a New York City street or anything like that. Nothing like that, but hectic enough for our area. And my mom's driving, which is not usual. Even when we're in her vehicle, I'm normally doing the driving, and she's Miss Daisy. Um, because that's her preference. But for some reason, she was driving, and I don't know why. Um, but I definitely regretted this 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 choice that I made that put me in the passenger seat. So we're going down this road. Um, no, my mother doesn't give a shit what I do when I'm behind the wheel. She doesn't even pay attention. She doesn't care. She doesn't care at all. Uh, so there was no telling me to slow down. There was no telling me how. I mean, she just doesn't even give a shit. She's just like content to be driven everywhere she would like to go. And I totally understand that. I feel the same way. So anyways, we're going down this major um, road for our area. And um, and incidentally, at the time, I was in, uh, I was reading through the private chat 
that I have with um, the bitches um, about, I was just reading through it, and I look up, and the light up ahead of us is turning yellow. It's yellow. It's yellow. I'm like, yellow? Because I'm that asshole who sits in the passenger seat and calls out lights to the driver. Like, if they're sitting in a red light and it turns green, they don't move immediately. I'm like, green? I'm that asshole who does that. For those of you who might not be aware of that particular quirk that I have, I am that asshole um, who bosses the driver around when it comes to such things. And I grew up in the 70s. This is important because in the 70s and early 80s, seatbelts weren't required. They weren't legally required. Um, And so my mom was my seatbelt. And if we had to stop abruptly, her arm would be across the passenger, over into the passenger seat, holding me into place. Like she is, you know, capable of doing that if we're actually in a, um, car accident. So I'm expecting at this point to have an aggressive stop and for me to get her arm in my chest. That's just what I expected to happen because that's what what normally happens, right? It's what you expect from a mom who raised kids in the 70s. She's going to throw that arm out across that passenger seat to act as your seatbelt, whether you're wearing a seatbelt or not. That's not what happened. Now, my mom is 60-ish. Oh, she taught me, too. I I have done that to my husband so many times. I've reached out to keep him in place in the passenger seat if I've had to stop unexpectedly. I I do it to everybody. I did it to my boss once. Oh, yeah, I told you that to my purse. I do it to my dogs. Dog. Um... But um, it's just what I do, right? So I fully expected this to happen, you know. That's not what happened. My mom is, um, to quote her, 60-ish. Recently, she was asked her age because the girl was going to offer her a senior citizen discount. And she said, I'm (laughs) 60-ish. And the girl was like, okay, and gave her a senior citizen discount. 60-ish. She's 60-ish. Because um, she wanted the discount, but she didn't want to admit how old she was. It was funny as hell. So anyway, my mom is 60-ish. The light is yellow. Before we even get anywhere near the line, you know, that you're supposed to stop at, the light is yellow. What does my mom do? I look over because I realize she's not going to stop. And this takes place in about 25, 30 seconds. She has both hands on the wheel in a death grip, and she shouts out, hold on, (laughs) and she slams her foot into the gas, and we barrel through that light going 60 miles an hour, her shouting, hold on, (laughs) I, I, I busted out laughing, I, I, I'm still giggling when we get down to the next light, which she's forced to stop at because there's a car already stopped in front of her. And she's like, she's like, what are you laughing at? I said, hold on. You should have just shouted to Wanda and got it over with. And then she got so tickled we had to pull over because we couldn't drive. She couldn't drive. 
So we sat in a parking lot of McDonald's and giggled for like 10 minutes. <laughs> so later on, later on, we're in a craft store. We're in Michael's. We're in a Michael's. And because uh, I don't go to Hobby Lobby for, for reasons. Um, anyway, we're in a Michael's. And <laughs> there's this lady in front of her who is driving her insane. Driving her insane. She is going so slow, and um, she's got nothing in her cart, so she's just window shopping, which drives my mother absolutely batshit. And she looks at me, and I look, I know, I say no, and she says, and she whispers real fiercely, Delonda. <laughs> I hurried up in front of my mom's cart so that she wouldn't ram her cart into this lady. <laughs> I promise you, she's not normally like this. Tawanda. <laughs> it was just... I, she just had a day. She just had a day. So, after that, I put her um, at a table in um, the cafe and, and didn't let her um, drive anything the rest of the day. Not a cart. Not her car. Um, I let her order food. <laughs> It was just like I I believe she would have totally bumped that lady with her basket and it might not have been a soft bump either. I so I came home and I told my husband about the hold on and he laughed himself sick because you know you guys um don't have a visual of my mom but to give you reference if my mom had white hair, she would look like Mrs. Santa Claus. I, she's very Aunt B. Only, only more attractive. But yeah, she's very Aunt B. Um, she dyes her hair. Because otherwise she would be she um she would be silver headed that that's no lie, um yeah hold on I I if you could have seen the look on her face the way she had both her hands and she has small hands like me gripped on that steering wheel like she's about to go to war <laughs> hold on <laughs> hold on to what my ass. Anyways, anyways, that was my Saturday and last Saturday, not this Saturday. This um it was um I didn't do anything this past Saturday. It was the tenth. It was the tenth of December because um that's pretty much the last day in December I'm willing to go anywhere near a store. We had to get essentials today for, you know, groceries like, you know, bread and stuff. My husband had to go because I refuse. I don't, I don't even go to, the, to a grocery store if I can help it. Those people are crazy. Speaking of, I need to put my hand out of the freezer. Anyways. Anyways. That was my, um, my Saturday with my mom. And, um, hold on. But the uh, the Tawanda later on in the Michaels was was it, it it actually hurt to laugh at that because um, I I already laughed so much that my stomach was just sore 
Anyway, I'm still bored. I'm, I'm super bored. Um, I colored uh, like 10 pages out of my curse coloring book. Uh, my little dog, my little dog, who is currently sitting under me acting like I'm the worst person on earth for ignoring him when he wanted pets. Um, I took him out just before the radio show started. And for those of you who have a dog, dogs have two business. They have business and then they have extra business when they're outside. Well, my dog has already done his extra business. Um, So I thought, okay, we'll just go out and he'll do his regular business. And it'll be like a minute and then I'll come back in and do my little radio show um, an hour and a half late. Um, And, uh, he didn't agree with my plan because there was business and then there was extra business. And I was like, are you serious? Why are you doing the extra business? You've already done the extra business. Do not bang on that door. Anyways, um, so you should have seen me running my ass back in here because he had to take his time and find the perfect spot to do his extra business in. (sighs) Dogs. Dogs. Earlier, it was um, in the 40s, and I thought that I would let him go outside for a while because, you know, it's been so cold and I haven't been letting him out because he doesn't have a very thick coat. He's a a Jack Russell mix, and his mix is – so he didn't get that wiry coat and that second coat that some Jack Russells – he just doesn't – he's very thin-coated. He has one coat, and he doesn't shed or build new coats um, over the winter or summer months. Anyways, uh, it's good that he doesn't shed. That's great. Uh, but um, the other part of it is is that he doesn't really develop a winter coat. So I haven't been letting him outside much, and it was in the 40s. So I thought I would let him out for a while today while, while the sun was high. And i like, right, let's go outside. And he looked at me like, bitch, no. I mean, it was like written all over his face. He went and got in his bed and wouldn't even look at me. And I was like, come on, let's go outside. This dog pretended to limp all the way to the door. I, I have only myself to blame. And let me tell you why. Um, when I first got this dog, I had uh, uh, sprained my ankle and I limped around the house the entire two weeks the first two weeks he was here Uh, and I noticed around the second week that he was copying me Um, but the first time he did it, I thought he hurt himself so I made over him and I held him and I I rubbed his leg and you know, so now whenever he wants my attention he pretends to limp even now, seven years later. And if he doesn't want to do something, he pretends to limp. If he doesn't want to go outside, he limps into his bed. Or to the door and looks at me like I'm an asshole for making him go outside. This is my life. My dog's a neurotic mess. And my mother thinks she's Mario Andretti. I don't even know. I don't even know what to do with that. Um, we're going to set up some shows. 
where um, Jilly has agreed to uh, uh, create an original character, um, kind of like a uh, a plot drift, but we're going to do a character drift, and um, she's going to create an original character um, on the air, and I'll be doing it as well, and if I can talk Lady Holder into doing it, she'll be doing it. Because I think it's really important that you see the, the different process that different authors go through. Um, and as we talked about earlier, that um, Jilly is a, a subjective third-person writer, and I'm an objective third-person writer. And Lady Holder actually kind of straddles a line in between, uh, although she does tend towards the subjective um, when she is in a, in a deep POV for a third person. Uh, but so her process is a little bit different because she's a pantser and uh, I'm a heavy plotter. And I think that Jilly is kind of in between. Um, she's not as heavy as me, but uh, she's more of a planner than Lady Holder. Uh, and uh, like I said before, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a pantser. I've done it. I can do it. It's not my preferred method of, of writing. Um, a lot of people are deeply uncomfortable in the plot process. They don't get a lot accomplished. They feel um, stifled. Uh, and it's just entirely up to you. That's just you writing. You do what you do. You do you. And um, nobody else's process um, is the end-all, be-all. So, but anyway, we're going to do some character drifting and um, probably another plot drift uh, coming up pretty soon. And I was... Um, we're going to do some more talking about external and, and internal motivations because I think I might have led some people astray. Um, a little bit with that because of some of the questions that I've gotten on the Ask Me Anything page have made me um, wonder if I missed the boat a little bit when I was explaining that. So we're going to go back over that and do some more talking about that. And um, uh, and that'll be fun. And maybe we'll mix that in with, an, um, with a plot drift so that you can kind of see um, how the two merge together and how you can build your external plot um and use those plot points uh, to motivate your character um, and exhibit your internal motivations for your character in the same way. So we'll be doing that too, probably at the, um, at the new year. I don't know if I'm going to have another show um, before the year ends. It just depends on how bored I am. I don't know. You guys want to have a Christmas party? Anyways, um, it's just, it's... Uh, I'm so bored. <laughs> I'm going to post some new um, prompts on Rev Trade after I get off the show. Uh, and uh, because I'm bored. Um, and I tried to write a Rodney prompt, and you would be amazed how difficult that turned out to be for me because it doesn't make any sense because. I write Rodney all the time. He's like one of my favorite characters in Stargate. And why the fuck can't I write a prompt for him? I don't know. I don't understand. Hey, Munchkin, come over here and sew on your blanket. Um, that's not actually my dog's name. <laughs> but he answers to it. <laughs> it's his pet name. <laughs> 
course, he'll also answer to asshole too. So there's just no telling with this dog. I think he assumes whenever I'm speaking, I'm speaking to him. So when I'm on the podcast, he's like, "What the fuck? I'm the only person in this room. Why are you?" Yeah, I did call my dog a person. I called my dog a person, and he's the only person in the room. So he assumes I'm talking to him and not you guys. He doesn't understand why I'm not giving him attention. Don't act like you're sick. Now he's acting like he has asthma. He doesn't have asthma. I've had him checked by the vet. Um, but I have asthma. Um, and asthma gets me attention. And he's he's a very needy dog. He's a rescue. Um, so he does things to get attention. Like limp. Like pretend to be hurt. And huff like he has asthma. Uh, he's just ridiculous. He's just a ridiculous little dog. He's just ridiculous. Yeah, he's 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 very smart, but he's a terrier, and they are smart, and he's um, very uh, uh, very aware and very intuitive. Like I said the other night on Facebook, I think he um, anticipated me having a sugar drop, and he kind of lost his shit, and I ignored him. Blanket. Um. <clears throat> I'm, you know, I think it'll be really fun too to do the original character drift, and um, it'll be interesting to see because I've never actually really paid attention to how um, he is a lobster thief. That's an entirely different story. Um, I've never paid attention to how Lady Holder and Jilly actually create their original characters, so I am curious too as to how they do it and how they do it differently from me. Um. And, um, (laughs) stealing the lobster. When I first got Jack, he was, um, he was a rescue and he was, um, he was very malnourished. He was, um, just three months old and, um, underweight. Um, and, um, he should have weighed 10. He weighed four. Uh, the doctor, my vet told me that it had probably stunted his growth. Um, and that he would never be very big, and that he might not live, um, and that I needed to be prepared and not to get too attached to my little rescue. Um, and so I, uh, he he had a hard time eating at first, and he would um, I had to hand feed him a lot because he was used to being denied food and didn't know how to eat food out of a bowl. Um, and um, finally, I got him to the point where he would eat out of his bowl, and um, um, I probably did overfeed him a little when when, when he was small. But um, and he was on vitamins, and I had to give him, um, and he, he had to go to the vet and get injections because um, he was just very sick. And um, so after about six months, he weighed 20 pounds, and he was very active, and the vet was just super surprised. He was like, this is just amazing. We, this is just, he, we didn't expect him to live. Um, his condition was so poor that the person who, um, circumstances were so poor, the person who, they docked his tail with a, with a rubber band. And we were worried that we would have to get his tail operated on because the docking was done so terribly um, and uneven and that he would have nerve damage and it would cause him pain. Fortunately, it it didn't. He grew um, 
the the docking kind of solved itself as he grew up, so there was no um, need to have surgery on his tail, which I really didn't want to do. Um, <clears throat> I don't actually believe in docking, uh, and um, so it's weird to have a dog that's been docked because I don't think it's appropriate to do. But it was done before I got him. Anyways, <clears throat> um. So at about, see, I got him in March, and um, that year for Thanksgiving, instead of having a regular Thanksgiving meal, my husband and I decided to surf and turf. So we had lobster and shrimp and steak, and um, I made, uh, you know, baked potatoes. It was just a really awesome indulgent meal and I had put uh, my plate down and honestly he he has food problems and he always will because he was starved and it's my fault I should have been paying attention um, and I'd kind of forgotten how agile he had gotten because he got up into my chair snatched my lobster tail off my plate and ran off with it He stole my lobster. He stole my Thanksgiving lobster. And I couldn't even punish him. Because because he had been starved, I, 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 I can't bring myself to punish him when, when he steals food. Um, because of how he was treated when, when he was small. I never want him to associate me with a negative feeling and food. So he got a lobster tail for Thanksgiving and... My husband offered me half of his, but I said no. And it just wasn't, it was a big lobster tail. For those of you who go to Costco, it was one of those, one of those big ones from Costco. Not one of those tiny little six-ounce ones you get at the regular grocery store. But this thing was, I don't know, 15, 16 ounces of lobster tail. It was huge. I had been looking forward to it. Little bastard ate it. And he enjoyed it. His eyes were so bright. Like, it was just like the best thing he'd ever had in his mouth. It was terrible. It was a terrible experience for me. I love lobster. Oh, my God. It's my favorite thing. It was a part of the meal that I was actually looking forward to the most. At any rate, he stole my lobster. But like I said, I can't really punish him for stealing food. Um, The only time I've ever um, disciplined him, and that was like I I smacked his nose and put him in his bed over food, is when he tried to take chocolate from my niece. Um, And just twofold. One, uh, I can't let him take food from children. And two, it was chocolate, which is poisonous to dogs. So, uh but for the most part, I just I'm I'm incapable of disciplining him for food because of how he was treated when um he was born. He was actually weaned at three weeks from all reports. And so he didn't even get a good start with his mom nursing. Uh and there were six puppies and only two survived when they were rescued. My sister found them. 
um, they were uh, at a house next door, and she noticed that the mom was gone, um, and the puppies were still there. Uh, and um, she asked where the mom was, and the man told her he'd gotten rid of her um, and was going to get rid of the puppies. Um, and the implication was is that he was going to put them in a sack. So my sister gathered up all the puppies because <laughs> she was like, no, you're not going to put them in a fucking sack. Um, and uh, they kind of got distributed throughout um, her family and friends. And I got Jack and um, the puppy she kept died, unfortunately. And the only other puppy that lived was um, Jack's sister. Her name is Cleo. Um and um, she's terrible. She's such a little asshole. Uh, and she lives with um, my cousin, um, Stan. Stan has Cleo. And she is a little diva. Uh, and she, oddly enough, Jack weighs um, 36 pounds. Cleo weighs 15. She's a tiny little thing. Um, she's kind of stocky, but more like a miniature Doberman than a miniature Doberman Pinscher. Um and um, she's black and um, brown, and she's really cute. And she wears a little pink rhinestone studded collar, and she's an asshole. She's a complete asshole. It's amazing because Jack is so sweet, and his sister is such an asshole. I blame Stan. Well, what had happened was is Jack's mom was a purebred uh, Jack Russell. Yeah, Stan's a diva too, so so it makes sense that his dog is terrible. Um, and um, she got knocked up by the neighbor's uh, miniature pincher mix, which ruined her for breeding. And he was a backyard breeder. And I think he had hoped to pass some of the puppies off. And that's why he docked them, but none of them looked enough like a Jack Russell to pass completely. Uh, so he got rid of the mother, and he was going to kill the puppies. Once a purebred dog, a female dog, is bred with a non-purebred, they can't breed to standard, and their dog and their puppies can't be registered. So she was ruined for professional breeding. Which means that her puppies would have been, even if they, he, he had bred her with another Jack Russell later, her puppies wouldn't have been worth anything. It would have been a waste of money. And it was a business to him, and he was a bastard. And yes, my sister did report him repeatedly to animal control until he lost all of his dogs. Because that's how my sister rolls. <sighs> There's no real science behind that whole thing about the bitch being ruined if she's bred by a non, um, 
I always thought it was a myth myself, and I don't think there's any science behind it, but um, that's the way he saw it. And uh, anyways, it was terrible. It was a terrible situation and experience, and um, it does sound like a rule made by a man. It, it really does. It might stem from the fact that um, a female dog can actually be impregnated by multiple dogs during her heat. And if she was impregnated by a non-breed standard dog and a breed standard dog, it might be difficult to determine which puppies were standard breed and which ones are mutts. So once that happens, you know, that could be where it started. I don't know. Um, but I have seen a dog who gave birth to puppies that were obviously fathered by two different dogs. Very weird. <clears throat> Anyways, anyways, that's the story of Jack and um so and how he stole my lobster. <laughs> but I do think that whole thing ruined for breeding is bullshit. But I don't know because I'm not a breeder and I don't understand how that works. But I think it could stem from that whole um, multiple fathers in the same litter thing. I don't really know. I have no clue. Um, so please don't email me about it. I don't care actually. <laughs> I don't really want to know the specifics. <laughs> I did, I finished the first arc of Ties That Bind. For those of you who have not read it, the North Star is complete and up on my website. Um, <clears throat> I uh, I really uh, enjoyed, uh, I had actually planned for a much longer book for um, the North Star. But then I realized that what happens on Atlantis is um, really a separate situation than what was happening on earth and so they needed to be two different books and um or novellas whatever you want to call it and uh so um i ended it where i ended it for that reason and um but uh it was just it was it was a very natural place to end it and i was like yeah that that's where i need to end it and um because i if if i ended it anywhere else uh for those of you who listened to podcasts in the past, I would have actually been um, moving out of falling action and back into building momentum into a new event, and it would have um, kind of seesawed a little bit. Um, but I, you know, I just I, I thought it ended very well in, in a good place, and so I'm I'm really happy with it, with that and how it worked out. And I'm really, as I was reading Ties That Bind, I'm really really pleased with Rodney's journey through Ties That Bind. Um, 
and John's um, um, movement through, uh, you know, honestly, um, Garnet. Well, I'm gonna go with Garnet. Uh, I, I know there's something else on the end of that, but I'm you don't want me trying to say that. Um, uh, or you might you might find it amusing. But <laughs> uh, I. While I sometimes move away from John and Rodney's point of view in in various um, stories, I am a John and Rodney shipper, um, so I'll always go back to their point of view. So the next arc will not be about different people. If when I stay in Stargate, it's going to be about John and Rodney. There will be you know offerings from different points of view. You know, cause like when I did Matt and Evan on Earth, and there will be a story about Matt and Evan, um, and their contract, and um, which I I kind of opened up the the subject on that in in the North Star, and um, their marriage, which is going to to take place in the next arc, and and how that will work, and. Um, um, it'll really be a catalyst, uh, I think, for John, um, their um, their marriage, uh, and um, which is the whole point behind that particular plot point. And um, it'll, be just, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. And I'm also, um, uh, I have Chase and Ethan, um, and I want to spend some time with uh, Caldwell and Lucas uh, on the on the data list, so that will probably have an individual story as well. Um, and uh, so the, that's actually just going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to have a lot of fun with that. Um, no, Munchkin, I'm busy. I am so busy right now. Um, <clears throat> he tried to get in my lap. <laughs> like I said, he's the only person in the room, so he thinks he's, he thinks I'm talking to him. It's uh, I, one of the best things about um, writing. Um, Fan fiction is I get to explore uh, various parts of um, my head canon when it comes to characters and particular arcs, and um, I'm really looking forward to kind of exploring Caldwell, um, which is Rotting CT's fault. If you've not read um, the story that Rotting CT wrote in. Um, in ties that bind with my permission, um, it's linked on um, my website and, and on the series page, and I highly recommend you read it. Uh, I'm I, I'm I'm terrible because I have forgotten the name of it, and I feel like an asshole that for that. <laughs> my website's slow tonight. It's because there's so many people on it. For those of you who are curious as to why it slowed down a little bit. Um, Time Heals by writing NCT um, is a story um, where Caldwell plays a, a bigger part um, than he does in my series overall. And um, it's about two OCs, and it takes place during the um, time frame of Ties That Bind. And she slotted it so well into my series that I actually couldn't help but kind of reference her characters um, in a part um, of Ties That Bind because she just, it was beautiful how she did it. She just slotted this story perfectly into my canon, um, and it's great. Um, and so there are three authorized AUs so far for um, for my verse, and that's 
sent us tsunami bomb, which is the um, Hawaii Five-O, um, and then riding CT, um, riding in CT did the um, OCs on Atlantis, and then there's a Spartacus AU written by Funky and Fishnet. Um, I've also um, green-lighted uh, stories in the CSI fandom and stories in NCIS, and I'm not telling you those authors' names because I don't want you harassing them. <laughs> And um, eventually, once I get over Thomas Gibson's assholery, um, I will be exploring Criminal Minds uh, for um, Ties to Bind. So that's going to happen. It's just I have to get over what an asshole he was first, and that might take a little bit. Who knows? (sighs) Who knows? Now he's depressed. My little dog is depressed because I wouldn't give him the attention he deserved or expected or wanted, whatever. I really enjoyed um, writing NCT's story because it was deeply intimate and emotionally... um, the the emotional landscape of that story is beautiful, and I highly recommend that you read it. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous story. And don't be put don't be put off by the um, original characters. Just don't because they are awesome. They fit right in, and um, they're very well drawn, and they're three dimensional. And it's it's a lovely, emotionally satisfying read. As Lady Holder just said in the chat room, you can't go wrong with it. It is just it's beautiful. It has some hard themes in it, no lie. Um, but agree that it was part of my canon for Ties That Bind. Um, and yes, there have been people who have written stories for Ties That Bind that I said no to, um, that they did not fit with my world and could not be included officially. Uh, because I, um, I don't... I'm very particular about the BDSM I read, and because of the way I've structured Ties That Bind, I'm very particular about the authors that I allow to say that they are officially a part of my verse. Um, And uh, abuse and non-con elements in a story will get you a no faster than anything else. Uh, So feel safe in knowing that I would never... um, approve of a person writing in ties that bind with on screen rape or abuse. Um I just no. It's it's never gonna happen. So so if it's on my page, you're safe on that front. It it is a little dark. Time Hills has some dark moments, but it's beautiful and I, I highly recommend you read it. Um and please don't harass Senna about Snowy Bomb because it, it's really driving her crazy. Driving her bonkers. So just stop that. Sybil, so, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. What wallpaper?
<laughs> she was whispering, yeah, in your tiny font. I have uh, what wallpaper? I don't have a bottle on my wallpaper. The picture of the chair on the screen. I am so confused. Am I the only one? I'm going to need a link. (laughs) It's late. And I'm old. (laughs) I'm not really. I'm kind of (laughs) old. Maybe. You know what? Um, if you're on live journal, it could be your skin. Yeah, it could be absolutely the skin you have on your profile that you're seeing and not what everybody else is seeing. <laughs> well, I really don't have, um, I am 40 ish, <laughs> to quote my mom, kind of. <laughs> But uh, I really don't have much else to say besides that. I was just bored, and I thought I would get on the air and and talk a little bit um, about stuff and my little dog in Tawanda. My crazy-ass mother. (laughs) You know, it's it's fascinating because I was thinking the other day that I am about the age my mother was – when she sent me off to college, I'm a little bit older now than I, you know, because you know she was um, 39, or 40 when my, when I went off to college, and it's so weird to be this age, to be this age, and know this is how old my mom was when I became an adult. Kind of, it's it's weird. It's a weird moment. It's 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 like I don't know I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's it's very bizarre. It's a very bizarre moment, and um, you, Sybil, you will definitely have to start over and listen to the front of the pro, of the podcast because my mama was ridiculous. Um, Tawanda. The other yesterday, um, which doesn't make any sense to you now, but later on, when you, when you listen to the whole podcast, you'll really enjoy this. Yesterday, I called her and I just whispered "Tawanda" in her ear and hung up. <laughs> it was a fried green tomatoes moment. It it definitely was. Um, uh, so, but anyways, um, we only have about eleven minutes left in this podcast because I only. Um, did an hour and um but uh I'm gonna let you go because my little dog has business. He he's giving me that wooby face and um he's gonna start barking in a second, which means I have to go before the he he wakes up the man. Um I'll try to figure out a schedule and be like, you know I don't know, legitimate next year. <laughs> Consistent? Is that a good word? Consistent? Maybe I'll be consistent. I definitely have more insurance than the average 20-year-old. Absolutely. That is absolutely true. Um, You guys have a great week. And I may or may not see you tomorrow, depending on how bored I get. Catch you later.